Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of the urban.com.au podcast. Today our guest is Catherine Sikovic from New Media. Catherine, hello and welcome. Hello, lovely to be here. Thank you. Tell us a bit about what New Media does and then a bit about your role there and then we'll get into a bit of your own professional history. Cool. So New Media is a communications agency. Uh, we started uh, about two and a bit years ago. Um, so it's a small but mighty team of very passionate women who uh, are experts in our field of content and social media, uh, PR and comms, media buying, and that's all wrapped up in strategy. Mm-hmm. And you've been there from the start, is that right? Yes, so I hold the honour of being New Media's first official employee. Yeah. Um, my boss, Cara Cunningham, who's one of the directors, once said that basically she just hired me because she thought I'd be a good person to <laughs> hang out with. <laughs> so that's always nice. You know, you grow up and you think, oh, I'd love to get paid to be myself one mm-hmm. day, and now I do. Um, but it's also been, like, it's really quite awe-inspiring mm-hmm. watching really passionate people grow something that they love and being able to be a part of that journey as well. Mm-hmm. And in that two years, you've gone from just you and Cara to how many are there in the office now? So now there are about 10 of us yep. um, and still growing. How has that been to observe that happen over the, the course of the two years? Quite a phenomenon, really. Yeah. Um, it's pretty incredible when you go from, you know, meeting up with somebody who's passionate. The reason I came on board mm-hmm. was um, I had written a bit about uh, architecture and design previously, mm-hmm. um, but I met with Cara and was like, this is a really passionate person mm-hmm. and why not see what it would be like to um, assist with that person building their dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been incredible going from a little studio in West Melbourne where there was two of us and an extremely loud air conditioning unit and, um, you know, like trains rumbling past behind Festival Hall to now being in an office in South Melbourne with 10 other people. And I think probably, you know, growth is um, a real time of learning for any business, but to be able to watch that be scaled and to see that the people who are bought into that mix are like, of course they're good at what they do. Mm. Like you wouldn't get a job if you weren't with new media or any business who respects delivering a quality product to anyone. Um, if you weren't, you know, apt with your skill set. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that I find most incredible is that everyone that comes in is a real team player and is, seriously passionate about what they do and wanting to do an incredible job of that Mm -hmm. um, and have a lot of fun and laughter along the way. More specifically, your role there, you're a senior content manager. What does a typical day for you look like, if there is such a thing as a typical day? (laughs) A typical day for me is, where possible, trying to make people in the office laugh as Mm -hmm. much as I possibly can. Um, but no, the essence of my job is really just storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about figuring out how we can take these stories that our clients present to us about uh, property or urban planning or architecture or interiors um, 
and going, how can we pick out what narratives exist mm-hmm. in there um, and bring those to the forefront so that we make these seemingly uh, niche things or complex uh, narratives available and digestible to a mass audience through media. Mm-hmm. Um, so my role, and this is something I say internally and to clients routinely, is really just translation. How do I understand what you want to achieve mm-hmm. and what your objective is for your project, be it a property development or the master plan of an urban space mm-hmm. or the interiors of someone's personal home? Um, and how do I then make that something that is ultimately human, mm-hmm. which then becomes more engaging? You have quite an interesting story in that you came to Melbourne from New Zealand 10, 11 years ago? Uh, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I'm the first New Zealander ever to move to yeah. Australia <laughs> and settle in Melbourne. No one else has done that. No, I'm joking. There's millions of us here, literally. Um, but yes, I came here roughly nine years ago and I had been shortlisted for a radio job, actually. So I studied um, radio as my major and my comms degree back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reasonably young when I graduated and I thought, I've got the rest of my life to find a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Why don't I just go and see what I could do in another city and how I could grow a life there. So uh, moved here. Um, my first interaction with the uh, Melbourne property scene was with uh, Jealous Craig in Q, mm-hmm. where uh, a good friend of mine and I who moved over turned up with a guitar and wrote a song about the two-bedroom unit we wanted to rent <laughs> in Q because we had no rental history and needed a place to live. Yeah. Um, and they gave us the place to live. Um, wouldn't have been as great of a story if they didn't. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been here, probably. Yeah. So I began to build a life here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the most amazing things about coming to a new city as an adult, be it Melbourne or you know New York or Jakarta or wherever you go and begin to build your life, is that you get to come with a blank slate. Like, I can still remember where I was when... You know, you have people who, when you move to Melbourne, say, oh, it's just a grid. You'll figure out yeah. that really easily. And Auckland is like Sydney. Like, it's an absolute mess. Yeah. Um, but just a little bit smaller and contained. <laughs> so I still remember moving here and people saying to me, like, oh, Melbourne, it's a grid. It's just a grid. Mm. You'll figure it out. It's a grid. And I was like, I don't even know what my north is. <laughs> I can't navigate the grid. Yeah. But I still remember going along uh, bridge Road on the tram and then all of a sudden the map of Melbourne sprawled out in my head and I was like oh my god it's a this grid makes sense now. I know where I'm going and I think it, it you know that that's just kind of been the magic that's continued and then now it's quite amazing to see how working in the industry that we do at New Media and that I get to engage with playing a part in what that grid mm-hmm. looks like and how that grid is perceived and how it will be perceived ongoing with the changes that happen within it. Mm-hmm. How have you found a change from, you did quite a bit of freelancing work over the course of your career in Melbourne, how have you found that change from freelancing to full-time work in an office? Yeah, my freelancing history was very varied. 
Um, so my skill set really exists always within communications and writing and then music. So my work history was everything from uh, being an internationally published author mm. to uh, working out strategies for sales with uh, retail spaces in Melbourne um, and then right through to being a music teacher in a maximum security jail <laughs> which is really nice when you go into a scary meeting these days with a client yeah. and you're like just remember no one in here is yeah. anyone I was going to say it must really put things into perspective that if you can be a music teacher in a prison you can pretty much do anything <laughs> I think so and I think as well one of the things that I really learned um in that particular role was, I suppose, understanding that, you know, when you grow up with a degree of privilege, mm -hmm. you can exist within a society and a city with a certain set of rules mm -hmm. that you've learned. And then if you don't grow up with certain privileges, uh, you perhaps need other supports mm -hmm. in place um, to be able to survive and hopefully thrive within that mm -hmm. to some degree. So, yes, I often think about that time and think about how, how can I connect the dots between what I was doing when I was a freelancer um, and in different scenarios and workspaces, how can I connect the dots between that and what I do currently mm -hmm. in terms of managing people, in terms of managing myself and making sure I'm delivering the best work that I can. Managing um, expectations of clients. <laughs> Yes, definitely. <laughs> and also, you know, expectations are a given, but the management of them mm. is a real skill. And I think that's something that, you know, if you can manage your expectations of yourself, um, you will be in a better position to manage the expectations mm -hmm. of your colleagues and of clients as well. Yeah. I would also say about the change from not necessarily what I did as a freelancer to what I do now in mm -hmm. a full-time capacity is that I think there's a negative perception around freelancers mm -hmm. in the more uh, traditional full-time workspace. Mm -hmm. I think the perception is perhaps that, or not even my thoughts, the feedback that mm -hmm. I've received historically has been that freelancers are too opinionated lazy. or lazy or aren't going to be able to rock up on time yeah. and things like that. But I would say that if you are starting a business, mm. if you are looking to implement uh, agile working mm -hmm. within your business and if you're looking to create a culture where people are empowered and are accountable for their work, hire freelancers, mm -hmm. get a good mix of people who have come from a freelancer background where they are accountable for all of their work, they're accountable for talking to clients, they're accountable for delivering things of a standard because it reflects on their personal brand. Yeah. Um, so I would strongly challenge anyone who is hesitant about employing freelancers because in my view and in my experience, it just sets you up for being able to build a business and being able to think outside the box mm -hmm. and being able to actively contribute to the way that something grows. Just on that point, a lot of studies around the world, including your homeland, have discovered that people 
who have more flexible working arrangements are actually more productive and happier overall. And just on the point of freelancers, you went from being a freelancer to full-time work, but you also have a flexible working arrangement at New Media. Um, how have you found that and how supportive has the office been with you um, moving towards that? Yes, so uh, the team has always been amazing about that. Um, so I now manage um, amazing younger staff members as well. So there's a responsibility for me to be present in the office more so than if I was just riding away. Mm -hmm. um, however, within that, you know, something I would absolutely say about um, the management staff of New Media is that they really do understand that, you know, to be creative and to produce really, um, you know, compelling narratives and content mm -hmm. is something that can't always happen at your desk yeah. in an office environment where it's open plan and there's myriad conversations happening. Um, so I've always felt really encouraged to um, be able to work in a way that works best for me whilst doing that in a way that is aligned with the objectives of the business, which is also aligned with our clients. Uh, so for me, that looks like working from home a day a week. Mm -hmm. Although even within that, there's flexibility too. And mm -hmm. that if we've got an important meeting, yeah. of course I'm going to go into <laughs> the office. Um, but I think, you know, added to your point around flexible working is that that's something we're seeing, you know, not just in the way we work, but in the way the office spaces mm -hmm. are designed. The whole approach to working writ large is changing dramatically, or already has changed dramatically, and we're just catching up and yeah. finding a language to articulate that. So I think flexible working for me is more than just, oh, Kat gets to work from home a day a week. Yeah. It's about, okay, if you're going to work from home, how can you be flexible within that? Or how can I be flexible with my processes so that I'm accommodating for other staff members internally or for clients as well? How can I be flexible with my attitudes? How can I be flexible with the way that I communicate mm -hmm. and deliver content? So I would love to see uh, as we, as a working environment, come to this place of having better fluency around flexible work, I would love to see that conversation become bigger about, yeah. well, what does it mean to really be a flexible worker? Yeah. Working at New Media, how is your perception of the property and development industry changed, if at all? I would say that it's just cracked it open. Yeah. When you don't work within the industry, you, you hate it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> your natural response as any human is to dislike change. Mm -hmm. When you do work within the industry, you understand that change is so necessary. We can't continue to live in the models that we've mm. lived in with everyone having a backyard and all of that. And, and everyone getting around in cars. Exactly. <laughs> a little personal Yeah, just, just a little plug for myself. Um... But, yeah, it cracks it wide open and I now have, you know, a much greater appreciation for the developers that we work with who 
you know, all of them take so much care and time and pride in delivering something that they are proud of as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then for, for the architects that we work with, that's just another layer of that as well. You know, it's like in the same way that I, in my role, translate things to be communicated through video or social media mm. or a written article or something like that. Architects and designers look at the landscape and translate that with their knowledge of the built or natural mm. environment and then create that for something that we can live in, um, that we can play in, that we can laugh in, that we can share and hold space within. Um, so I have, if anything, just a much greater appreciation for the work that you know our design community does to mm-hmm. make Melbourne a place that is beautiful um, and inviting and welcoming to live in. Yeah. An extension of that question, specifically relating to Melbourne and how you view and experience the city now, has that changed for you? Yes, definitely. Um, when I moved here first, everything is brand new. Mm. Um, and then over time, you go, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah. Like, I know what that's like. Um, I know what Flinders Street Station yeah. looks like. I know the feeling of meeting somebody beneath mm-hmm. the clocks out the front of the cathedral. Yeah. I know the feeling of walking across Fed Square down to the river. Um, I know all of those quintessential Melbourne mm-hmm. laneways and all of that sort of stuff that is synonymous with this place. But then when you understand a little bit more of the thinking that's behind that, mm-hmm. you know, some of my favourite stories are around, you know, the architecture and the politics of the space. So the fact that, you know, the Shrine of Remembrance is directly aligned to the ARM building. The William Brack building? Yes. So something like that, you know, thinking about having, you know, the shrine and then also the William Brack building looking at one another. Mm. Previously, a brewery on the site, which also says a lot about the city. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think Australia probably has one too many <laughs> breweries. Um, there's probably an interesting study in that to be done, actually. But, yeah, I think to come back to your original question, when something's new, it's easy to be spellbound by mm. it. And then over time, you naturally, naturally become perhaps a little bit more... Uh, familiar and Mm -hmm. as a result blind to what's around you through working in the property development and design space it's like having another curtain pulled back Mm. behind it and you understand you know a bit more about the stories that create the city and about the people who created as Mm -hmm. well like a friend of mine recently purchased her first place uh, in East Brunswick and it's by a uh, developer that New Media's worked with and a architect firm that New Media works with. And it was so lovely to be able to know that the people who thought of that space that somebody who is part of my personal life lives in really cared and thought about it. I think that has been a tremendous comfort to learn that there is so much care and detail Mm -hmm. behind the spaces that are getting built in Melbourne. Do you have a favourite space or elements within Melbourne? I know you've written about the Yarra River or Run previously. I 
wonder if that's a leading question because obviously it's going to be the era for me. Yeah. Um, I suppose partly because the Yarra River is why Melbourne is where it is. You know, it's our greatest resource. Mm -hmm. It's where all of our water comes from, up in the upper reaches. It's the divider between, you know, the north and south, yeah. which have their own complete, completely different identities. Um, and it's also such a mystery. Mm. You know, it's it carries the soil of this country within it. Um, and it's also in a strange way part of the built environment as well you know like from up at Dites Falls it's more or less within the environmental community considered as a canal um, and there's so much so many interesting projects going on at the moment like uh, Yarra Pools for example that are wanting to uh, rejuvenate the space and make it something that is more accessible mm -hmm. so um, as a Kiwi who loves the great outdoors, of course, my favourite part of the built environment is the unbuilt environment. The natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you have a favourite area or neighbourhood in Melbourne or building or space? I really love Fitzroy North. Mm -hmm. um, I lived and worked within the area for about five years and it was a really nice time of living five minutes away from where you work. Mm -hmm. And navigating all the little bluestone landways to get there, and I love, I love any neighbourhood that has that village kind yeah. of feel to it, because I think that's, um, you know, a nice model to be mm. retaining as we move to different ways of living. Yeah. Um. So whether that village gets expressed in multi-residential, mm -hmm. multi-story developments, I think retaining the essence of a village like Fitzroy North or like Melbourne or one of those neighbourhoods is a really vital thing yep. to have. Uh, and then in terms of a building, it's on Collins Street and it's maybe like 300 Collins Street. I can find the name of the app. Describe it. On my phone. Uh, Does it have a dome? Yes, it has a is dome. Is it neo-gothic? Yes. I want to say Triple Three Collins Street. Yes, Triple Three Collins Street, uh, designed by Alfred Dunn and Lloyd Taylor in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Uh, I love it because they play opera in the morning. Oh right! What in, in the foyer? In the foyer. Yeah. So if ever I've got, I change trams mm -hmm. when I come from where I live down to South Melbourne, where the new media offices are. So if ever I have five minutes between tram changes, mm -hmm. overs, I'll go and just listen to the music in there. Yeah. And quite a few other corporate types do that as well. And I think it's just such a lovely insight into this vulnerable little moment mm -hmm. in these impenetrable suited up yeah. people's days where they've just gone there to just take a couple of seconds to enjoy a beautiful space that is complemented and overlaid with a beautiful sound. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also really love uh, my favourite architect mm -hmm. is probably that the architect who designed the Clifton Hill Maccas yeah. also did the Shrine of Remembrance. All right. I think that's a really, <laughs> really nice little story. That's that brown brick Art Deco Maccas that is unlike any other in Melbourne. Correct. <laughs> One of my personal favourites. Um, just to finish off, speaking earlier about the growth that New Media has undergone in the last two years, it's also quite interesting that where you're based is, wouldn't say the epicenter of an urban renewal precinct, but it is an urban renewal precinct. And so as new media grows and changes, so does the environment within which 
the office is located. You would have already noticed, you know, new park being built, the school opening up, there'll be apartment buildings popping up around you. Does that excite you? Definitely, you know, I think that's a great train of thought to have in the back of our minds when we go to work each day. You know, we've had the office there for uh, about a year exactly, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and already in that time, you start to see how an urban environment begins to change mm. and become more human. Uh, and I, I love that there's so much thought and so much care being taken with that particular pocket of mm -hmm. Melbourne. And I know myself and other team members are really excited to see what our little, our little work corner of the world ends up looking like in yeah. the months and years to come. Awesome. Catherine, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for your time today. I hope you enjoyed the experience. Thank you. It was good. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Thanks, Lawrence.